What is up everyone? It's Quinn here and I have some uh, dynasty content for you guys today. So I'm going to be going through my top 24 dynasty running backs and then also splitting these players up into tiers. Also going to be going through my uh, top 24 wide receivers tomorrow. So stay tuned for that video. You know, I've been doing a ton of redraft. Just wanted to get a little break, you know, get some dynasty content out there. And honestly, let's just jump right into it. So we're going to be starting off in tier one, two players in this tier. Um, it's going to be Bijan Robinson and Brees Hall. I'm not going to be going crazy in depth on every single player because we'd be here all day. Just kind of briefly, you know, talking about each player going through the tiers, tier by tier. So starting off with Bijan and Brees Hall, these two seem to be like the consensus top two dynasty running backs. I think if I wanted to, like we could split this up into tier one and tier two. I do think Bijan is the clear cut number one. 21 years old, was the number eight pick in the draft, crazy draft capital. He's probably like the best running back prospect we've seen in the last few seasons, probably since a guy like uh, Saquon Barkley. And he's already being drafted as a top five running back in redraft. So for me, he is going to be my dynasty running back one. Then we have Brees Hall. And I think if Brees Hall didn't tear his ACL, he would definitely be in the conversation right here with Bijan Robinson because Brees Hall was on pace to have a really, really impressive rookie season. If he doesn't tear that ACL, he may be a year older than Brees Hall, but you know, he has the great season behind him. But that's not how things played out. Even with the ACL tear, I still have him as my clear cut RB2. Crazy athlete. Reports have been really positive about his recovery and then averaged over 20 points per game in his uh, small sample size as the clear cut RB1 last season. Now, shifting into tier two, this is going to be a three man tier. It's going to be Jameer Gibbs, Jonathan Taylor, and Christian McCaffrey. Now, I went Gibbs at three, JT at four, Christian McCaffrey at five. And I feel like these guys really could be switched up in a variety of different orders. They're pretty much three running backs in three very different stages of their career. Starting off with Jameer Gibbs, only 21 years old, was the 12th pick in the draft, which just like pick eight, that is crazy draft capital for a running back. I think Jameer Gibbs has the upside of being a running back one for the foreseeable future. And I do think he has the upside to put together some high-end RB1 seasons. We just haven't you know, seen it out on the NFL field yet. So he's younger, but he doesn't have that locked in production compared to Jonathan Taylor, who has given you a fantasy running back one overall season, um, but he's going to be a little bit older, 24 years old. The thing with JT though, is that he hasn't shown like the nuclear upside. If you want to hit like a 24, 25 point per game season, you're going to need some more receiving work. JT hasn't shown that. Now, obviously we're nitpicking here because there are going to be very few players who have that upside. You know, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, uh, Todd Gurley, players like that. I think that is in the range of outcomes for Jameer Gibbs, but obviously Gibbs hasn't really flashed it yet. And then Christian McCaffrey, 27 years old, so by far the oldest of this tier. And so, you know, he may only have a few strong years left of fantasy production, but he's a guy who's delivered fantasy seasons, averaging 29.3 points per game, 24.1 points per game, and is currently being drafted as the uh, redraft running back one. So I feel like depending on where your like dynasty team is set up, you'd probably prefer a different option. If you're like win now, the window is the next few years. You'd go Christian McCaffrey. If maybe your team is kind of, uh, you know, ascending, you're about to be ready to compete, maybe it's a JT. And then if you're kind of in a rebuild, Jameer Gibbs might be your guy. So I feel like just, you know, three players that fill different needs on your dynasty rosters. Now shifting into tier three, and I feel like this was probably the uh, toughest tier to rank. It's going to be a pretty big tier. We're going to go Saquon Barkley at running back six, then Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, Austin Eckler, 
Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, and Ramondre Stevenson. So starting off with Saquon Barkley here, 26 years old, coming off a uh, running back five in point per game season. We'll kind of see how his uh, contract status is working out here, but I just feel like he's a guy who should be a running back one for the next few seasons. And I do believe, you know, as soon as this season, he does have that high end uh, running back one upside. Then we have Josh Jacobs, who's going to be a year younger than Saquon Barkley at 25, um, but is in a pretty similar uh, contract spot. He's coming off of a season where he finished as the running back three in points per game. And the way the uh, Raiders used Josh Jacobs last year, personally, I would hope he stays there. You know, I think that was a nice spot. Obviously, assuming that coaching staff sticks around, which I don't think is a, uh, you know, a guarantee with how they looked last year. Maybe not the strongest roster heading into this season. But I also think it's important to point out that Josh Jacobs is one of the few NFL workhorses who really didn't shoulder a large college workload. Um, He maxed out on carries his junior season with 120. So he's not like some of these other workhorse running backs who are carrying the ball 200 plus times, you know, through multiple seasons in college. That's just not the way he was uh, utilized. So maybe, you know, he has a little bit more tread on the tires than you might think, just given his massive workload last year. Then we have Travis Etienne. And ETN is honestly someone who's very interesting for me because I don't necessarily love him for redraft, but he's also the youngest of this group, 24 years old, and I did like him as a prospect. I think he has the potential to be a running back one on one of the better offenses for the next few seasons. Um, But if you're not like in win now mode, I'd prefer... Um, you know, ETN over some of the guys behind him. But if the window is now, like you need wins, you're in that contending window, then, you know, I'd probably take an Eckler, Pollard, Chubb, um, guys like that over Travis ETN, because I think there is a possibility that he never really takes that leap to be like a mid-tier fantasy RB1. But the thing is, is that I'm not like delusional enough to just, you know, blindly follow what I think, because say I'm wrong about redraft this year, and he does get that workhorse role for the Jaguars, his uh, value is definitely going to skyrocket. So I think there's some risk because maybe he never reaches that ceiling we expected, but it's also, you know, the possibility is there. So I'm not going to totally bury him in these uh, dynasty rankings. Right behind ETN, we have uh, Austin Eckler, who's going to be the oldest running back of this tier, 28 years old. But the guy's being drafted as a top two running back in redraft, so he's expected to give you a high-end RB1 season at least this year, You know, probably the next two, three, coming off back-to-back 21-plus PPR point-per-game uh, seasons, so definitely a strong win now running back. Then we have uh, Tony Pollard after Austin Eckler. I view him as a mid-tier RB1 in redraft this season, 26 years old, but pretty much has like no tread on the tires. Um, and I do think he has some legit upside this season. Pollard, I don't even think he played a running back in college. So, you know, he had a very small college workload compared to these other running backs. And he's never really led a backfield in the NFL. So 26 years old, but, you know, maybe he's fresher than some of the other uh, 26-year-old running backs in the NFL. And then behind him, we have Nick Chubb, going to be a year older than Tony Pollard. I do view Chubb as a slightly better option for the 2023 season. Um, Chubb has always been one of the best running backs in the NFL, but if he has the uh, ability to add to his receiving workload this season, I think he can be a top-tier fantasy running back You know, to kind of pair with his top-tier real-life NFL running back ability. And then to wrap up this tier with Ramondre Stevenson, 25 years old, coming off a breakout in his uh, second NFL season. I could see the argument for him uh, being higher, definitely. I just don't really uh, know what to make of this like Patriots running back room. Is he going to be with them long term? Just kind of struggle to uh, trust Belichick here. 
He also did come in as an older prospect. So even though he's um, going to be or 25 years old, he's going to be only going into his uh, third NFL season. So we'll see how it shakes out. I do think he could end up outperforming this, but I don't know if I'd be willing to go after him over other win now options like a Pollard, you know, a Chubb, guys like that. Now shifting into tier four, this is going to be a younger tier. So we're going to start it off with Kenneth Walker, then Javante Williams, J.K. Dobbins, and then Najee Harris. All three of these running backs were drafted within the last three years. Starting off with Kenneth Walker, he's going to be the youngest of this group. I do think the Seahawks drafting Zach Charbonnet is a massive hit to his value. Others seem to not agree on keep trade cut. I feel like Kenneth Walker is like firmly in that tier three of guys. I really can't get there with him, uh, if I'm being honest. I think, you know, in the next few seasons, he's going to be a guy who can deliver RB2 seasons, but I just don't know where the upside is with uh, Kenneth Walker. Like, who knows what happens? Injuries can pop up. Walker could end up on a new team. Charbonnet could end up on a new team. Uh, You know, he could be injured. Lots of things could happen, but I just think his upside has taken a massive hit, and I don't think it's just his short-term upside. Because heading into the season, the 2023 season, before the NFL draft, everyone's hope was that Kenneth Walker could take over this receiving role, right? He could have a three-down workload. The problem is now, Kenneth Walker didn't catch passes in college. He didn't catch passes his rookie season. They specifically brought in someone else to catch passes um, you know, for the next few years, probably like four years for Zach Charbonnet. So is Kenneth Walker ever going to be catching passes? I think the strong bet would be no. So I feel like that's like a long-term upside hit because it's very, very rare for running backs to not catch passes in college, then not catch passes in the NFL, and then all of a sudden become like a receiving option moving forward. So I think he's talented. I think he's a very good runner, but I do think his ceiling is kind of capped moving forward. The next guy is going to be Javante Williams. And I do think he'd be leading this tier if he wasn't coming off of a uh, ACL tear. And it wasn't a clean ACL tear, a little bit more severe than that. So, you know, some concern there with the uh, injury. He's two years into the NFL and he has one kind of low end RB2 season. And then he also has a new coaching regime coming in. So there are definitely some clear red flags when it comes to Javante Williams. But on the other hand, if he can get healthy and get back to 100%, he has the opportunity to lead his backfield this season is only 23 years old and does have a three down skill set. So I feel like, you know, the range of outcomes for Javante Williams is pretty wide, but he is someone I'd be, you know, kind of interested in just to kind of see how it shakes out. Behind Javante Williams, we've got uh, J.K. Dobbins, and I'm going to be higher on J.K. Dobbins than consensus. I understand the first three seasons of his uh, NFL career, you know, haven't played out like you would write it up, right? Rookie year, solid, kind of in a committee. Tears his ACL heading into year two, then kind of an injury-riddled year three. But in the opportunity that J.K. Dobbins has had, he has been a very impressive NFL running back. He's going to be two seasons removed from that brutal knee injury. He had great production towards the end of last season, and that was while not being 100%. I think he also has the upside of being more involved in the passing game under a new offensive coordinator. The Ravens seem to want to be more pass-heavy, so I think that could also benefit J.K. Dobbins. And I'm guessing people are probably going to be surprised I have him ranked over Najee, but J.K. Dobbins is straight up younger than Najee Harris, and I also just view him as the better player. I think if these guys kind of, you know, finish out their rookie deals, I think J.K. Dobbins has a much better opportunity of finding success somewhere else than a guy like Najee Harris. Now moving on to Najee, he's going to close out this tier. 
And I feel like people kind of view Najee as one of like these young running backs. And he is a guy, you know, who was drafted within the last three seasons, but he's really not one of these young RBs. He's 25 years old. And he, at least in my opinion, has not proven that he is a good NFL running back through two seasons. He has not logged an efficient season yet. And if that doesn't change, I do think his value can fall off very quickly. Like if Jalen Warren starts to eat into Najee Harris's uh, workload again, I think his dynasty value can take a massive hit. And I kind of feel like with Najee Harris, we're banking on him just like consuming this massive volume without being efficient with it. Kind of like a Leonard Fournette situation. And I don't know. I just feel like if he is getting that volume, I don't see that being a super likely situation. It's possible, but I just feel like Najee's longevity is not as um, you know, fruitful as people may think. So that's why I'm going to be a little bit lower on him than consensus. Now moving into tier five, going to be a, a three-man tier. We've got Damian Pierce, Derrick Henry, and Joe Mixon. So we've got one kind of younger, somewhat unproven option, and then two uh, short-term RB1s. So looking at Damian Pierce coming off an impressive rookie season, but as a day three pick with a new coaching staff, I feel like he's kind of at risk here of losing like that clear cut starting role. If Damian Pierce was like round one, round two, maybe even eh, probably not round three, but like round one, round two, I think he could have an argument to be in tier three. Um, he probably would definitely be in tier four. So it's unfortunate that like draft capital plays a big role, but honestly it does. Also, you have the new coaching staff, so we don't know how uh, loyal they're going to be to him. He might lose the uh, starting role he had last year, but if he is able to hold on, I think he'll end up being a uh, massive value for Dynasty. Then moving over to Derrick Henry, 29 years old, and he has the most touches of any active running back. So it seems very likely that Derrick Henry's run as a fantasy RB1 is going to be ending soon. You know, maybe it's this year, maybe it's next year, but over the next few years, it's going to happen. But I still think he has a lot of value because you have the opportunity to be getting one, maybe two more RB1 seasons out of him, which is going to be very valuable in the short term. And then for Joe Mixon, it may not seem like, you know, he has a uh, short term option because he's 27 years old. There are other running backs that I have ranked ahead of him that I think may have a few more years. But the overall lack of efficiency from Joe Mixon kind of tells a different story. He will be back with the Bengals this season after restructuring his contract. And he does have the opportunity to be a fantasy running back one this year. But after the 2023 season, I do think like that might be it for fantasy. I think he could go out, deliver an RB1 fantasy season and, you know, be almost irrelevant heading into 2024. We saw a guy like Ezekiel Elliott just completely fall off. Now he can't find a new team. Leonard Fournette, you know, was an inefficient option who was a fantasy running back one over the past two seasons, also not on a roster. So it's not like these guys can't go from fantasy production to just not involved in an offense. Like it can happen. And I do feel like that's kind of what's going to happen for Joe Mixon, but that definitely doesn't mean he can't help you uh, win your fantasy championship, at least in uh, 2023. And then shifting into the final tier, tier six, mostly young options in this tier are going to go Devin A. Chain, Zach Charbonnet, Cam Akers, Aaron Jones, and Rashad White. So uh, starting off with A. Chain and Charbonnet, both day two picks from uh, this year's draft. I give A-Chain the slight edge because I think he has the better opportunity year one, obviously assuming that uh, Delvin Cook does not sign with the Dolphins. And then uh, despite being behind Walker for Zach Charbonnet, I think things can kind of change quickly, like I mentioned for Kenneth Walker. And I also don't think it's impossible that Charbonnet um, can carve out a solid workload. Like I think he's going to be involved as a pass catcher. 
I think he'll have the opportunity to compete on the goal line, and he's going to filter in for some carries here or there. So who knows how that backfield shakes out. For uh, Cam Akers, I kind of view him as like a budget J.K. Dobbins, both two years removed from serious injuries. He's still young at 24 years old. I'd say like the Akers situation with the Rams is a little bit less stable, but um, I do think if he could handle a serious workload with the Rams this year and end up kind of improving his dynasty value. For Aaron Jones, we've got uh, Aaron Rodgers gone, which I you know think kind of hinders Aaron Jones' ability to deliver RB1 production. He's 28 years old, so getting up there, but I do think he can give you a couple more like RB2 seasons, mid-tier RB2 options. He hasn't fallen off in his play, so I think he's a nice you know win-now piece. Um, and then Rashad White, he really hasn't proven much yet in the NFL, but I think he's lined up for a strong workload here in 2023. I like them as a prospect, and you know we'll just kind of see how this season shakes out. If after this year, he's not really worth much, wouldn't be shocked, but I also think he can improve on this value if he does you know, kind of command that starting role and is able to hold on to it moving forward. So that is going to wrap it up for my uh, top 24 dynasty running backs. Let me know what you guys think. Who do you think is too high? Who do you think is too low? Let me know your reasoning. I'll make sure to get back to you uh, as soon as I can. Stay tuned for the uh, top 24 wide receivers, but thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.